This is Lab Medicine Rounds, a curated podcast for physicians, laboratory professionals, and students. I'm your host, Justin Kreuter, the Bowtie Bandit of Blood, a transfusion medicine pathologist at Mayo Clinic. So today we're going to be talking about CBD. I think we, a lot of us have been seeing, uh, there's a lot of stores selling CBD products in our communities. And I just, I think a lot of us are getting curious about the medical implications for this and certainly in laboratory medicine about testing as well. So today we're rounding with Dr. Paul Gennetto, Associate Professor of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology and Director of the Clinical and Forensic Toxicology Lab, Clinical Mass Spectrometry Lab and Metals Lab at Mayo Clinic. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Gennetto. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. We're welcoming you back because you're such a great guest to interview. And I think this topic, uh, I was just telling you before we got started here that I've got colleagues that were wanting to listen to this interview live because they were curious to learn stuff about CBD. So can you maybe kick us off by let's kind of compare and contrast or what's the difference between these marijuana, there's hemp, THC, CBD. Let's start with marijuana. Marijuana is also commonly known as weed pot or dope. That refers to all parts of the dried flowers, the stems and leaves of the cannabis sativa plant. And it has to have more than 0.3% delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol or THC by dry weight. Now hemp, on the other hand, is any part of the plant that has less than 0.3% delta-9 THC. Now, this is important because delta-9 THC is the main psychoactive ingredient in marijuana that's responsible for the euphoria and other effects like increased heart rate, decreased alertness, and motor instability. Cannabidiol, or CBD, is one of the many cannabinoids that can be found in marijuana. It can also be derived from hemp, but CBD is not psychoactive. So it's not impairing or mind altering, and it doesn't cause that high associated with marijuana. Huh. Okay. So thanks for taking us through and, and understanding how this kind of falls out. That's kind of an interesting because certainly marijuana, there's been a lot of hemp sold. Clothes you can find a lot of times are made out of hemp. And then now with the CBD stores kind of popping up. So I'm guessing it's legal in the United States. So back in 2018, the U.S. Congress signed into law the Agricultural Improvement Act. That actually removed hemp from the Federal Controlled Substance Act, and that effectively legalized CBD if it comes from hemp. However, it should be noted that a few states have not removed hemp from their state's Controlled Substance Act, so the legality of CBD products differs across states. Furthermore, The vast majority of CBD products sold in the United States, whether it's online or in stores or gas stations, are unregulated as they're currently not considered drugs or even legal dietary supplements by the FDA. However, the FDA has utilized its authority under the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act to enforce some regulations of hemp-derived CBD products, including false marketing claims but there's no regulation or oversight regarding the content of these products. I gotcha. I guess we're finding these in a couple of different products. Are there some common ones? Yeah. So if you look at the uh, online or in the various stores, you'll see CBD oils or lotions. It can be in capsules, cosmetics, and of course, everybody's favorite gummies. (laughs) (laughs) 
how does this have an impact on the health for the user? That's with a huge asterisk, right? Because you just said it's not a regulated thing. But what do we know about how this affects our health? Well, using CBD isn't risk-free. The FDA actually has very limited safety data on CBD, but some possible side effects and risk include things like drowsiness, diarrhea, changes in appetite and changes in mood or in irritability, and even potential liver damage. In fact, CBD is actually not even recommended during pregnancy because some animal studies have shown that high doses of CBD have caused negative effects on the developing fetus. It's also unknown if it passes through breast milk, so people who are breastfeeding should also avoid CBD due to potential negative effects. Wow, okay. So this is how it's affecting us. And then I guess for us in the laboratory medicine, I know you run our drugs of abuse forensics lab. I mean, is this having any effect on the testing that you're doing? Yes. One of the reasons is because there is also some medical benefits to CBD. In 2018, the FDA actually approved the first plant-derived pharmaceutical-grade purified CBD. It's Epidiolex, and that was approved for the treatment of epilepsy and seizures in patients. And so there is some prescription-based usage of this in our patient populations. And so from a testing standpoint, I know when that started, we originally asked if we could do some TDM tests, sort of to monitor CBD. Unfortunately, there really isn't reference ranges or therapeutic reference ranges for CBD. What's TDM you said? Therapeutic drug monitoring. So looking at the concentrations of, in this case, CBD in the blood to see if they're reaching therapeutic levels. In the case of seizures and epilepsy, is there a target range like there are for many other pharmaceutical agents for epilepsy where you want to be hit this target range where seizures are well controlled? Unfortunately, we don't have those ranges for CBD, but you asked a very specific question regarding drugs of abuse testing and CBD, and this is a very interesting story, and and this is where I actually get a lot of calls from patients who end up testing positive for things like THC, right, tetrahydrocannabinol or marijuana, but they claim, I only took CBD, okay? So let's take a step back and look at this. Most of the testing that we do using urine is the most common matrix we test. We use immunoassays, and these antibodies target actually a metabolite of that psychoactive delta-9-THC, specifically the delta-9-carboxy-THC. And now, in general, these antibodies, they don't cross-react with CBD. And so they're pretty specific in the sense that they bind this unique metabolite of THC, the the delta-9-psychoactive metabolite, delta-carboxy-THC. Even our confirmation methods where we use chromatography combined with mass spectrometry, those methods are very specific and they only will identify the cannabinoids that we're looking for. And again, we typically look for that delta-9 carboxy THC. So we won't pick up CBD. However, this is the big if. (laughs) This is what people have to really remember is that the content of CBD products are not regulated. So the real risk with CBD products is that they may be contaminated with higher concentrations or percentages of that THC, or even other drugs like synthetic cannabinoids or contaminants like residual solvents or heavy metals. There was a recent paper that just came out in 2022 where Dr. Johnson looked at over 80 unregulated CBD products, along with Epidiolex, that FDA-approved drug for seizures, And they measured all of these products for Delta 9 THC. Remember, they're supposed to have less than 0.3% Delta 9 THC. 
And in all of these products, even if they're labeled THC free, they found detectable levels of Delta 9 THC in 52 of those 80 products. And the concentrations of the Delta 9 THC went all the way up to two milligrams per mil with an average concentration around 0.6 milligrams per mil. And you have to take that in context to the FDA approved pharmaceutical grade pure CBD that had less than 0.008 milligrams per mil of detectable THC. So some of these CBD products have over a hundred fold higher concentration of the quote, Delta 9 THC or psychoactive component, AKA the active ingredient in marijuana, even though they're labeled as THC free. And that is actually where we're seeing cases where patients who quote, are only using CBD products are actually testing positive for THC or marijuana use. Wow, okay, so this really deals then with the idea of this is uh, not a regulated thing. So manufacturers are able to do what they want or do their thing. Wow, and so it's uh, somebody may intentionally not be using marijuana, but using something that even specifically says on the label, THC free. For more laboratory education, including a listing of conferences, webinars, and on-demand content, visit mayocliniclabs.com forward slash education. You kind of mentioned that the FDA is coming on to false claims. Is this where the FDA is getting involved with those? Yeah, that's really where they're trying to step in now and, and regulate the content so that it's not supposed to contain those things, right? But they really need to come in and do a full regulatory oversight of it so that they can have direct control of what goes into it and not just the claims they make with it. Wow. Maybe if we take a step back and then just kind of generalize this out for our laboratory medicine colleagues that are listening to this podcast, what's important for them to understand about CBD and then marijuana drug testing? Here, uh, based on the trends that we're seeing with cannabinoid use in general, we're seeing many people turning to CBD or now the, the latest craze, if you want to call it, is they're looking at Delta-8 THC usage because this is seen by many producers and consumers as the legal alternative to Delta-9 THC, that psychoactive component of marijuana. But we already know that CBD can be converted to actually Delta-9 THC under acidic conditions, and many of its isomers like Delta-8 THC. Delta-8 THC is one of those interesting cannabinoids that actually exists naturally in the cannabis plant, but it's in very small quantities. However, Delta-8 THC is psychoactive, much like Delta-9 THC, but at a lesser extent, only about 50% of the psychoactivity uh, of Delta-9 THC. And what we're seeing now is that a lot of these Delta-9 THC products are showing up in both marijuana and hemp marketplaces. And most states actually permit full or even restricted marketplaces to actually sell these hemp-derived CBD products. And some of these products that have these concentrated Delta-8 THCs, uh, you can buy online if you do a Google search. And they're marketed actually as this weed light or diet weed. But what you have to recognize is that the health effects of Delta-8 aren't also fully understood. They haven't been researched yet. And you also have to recognize that Delta-8 THC is psychoactive and therefore has similar risks of impairment to Delta-9 THC. 
And so products that contain both Delta-8 THC, but are labeled only with Delta-9 THC content can actually have a combined greater THC content. And so we can see people have more psychoactive potential and, and potential toxicity from these products. And so it's one of those things that we, we're starting to see from a laboratory standpoint that we're actually having to adapt our testing and assays to actually now, in addition to looking for that Delta-9 THC and carboxy THC, the main metabolite, to actually being able to measure and detect things like Delta-HTHC and CBD and some of these many other cannabinoids so that we can sort of tease out and sort out all of these different cannabinoids that are now being marketed and used essentially as people try to skirt around the laws and the regulations. I see. So that we can actually separate out what is an issue versus what may not be or seeing how that law evolves. We've been talking about the general public here so far. What about, you know, certain industries? Uh, I'm thinking airline pilots, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of times I, I see CBD oils advertised for like athletes in recovery. What are you seeing in, in some of those industries? Well, due to the unregulated status of CBD and the fact that you can actually find Delta 9 THC in these products at higher than the 0.3% that's supposed to be there. Employment testing, the Department of Transportation testing in the case of truck drivers, airline pilots, et cetera. People who use those products could potentially test positive for marijuana use. And for athletes, the World Anti-Doping Agency or WADA has excluded CBD from its list of prohibited cannabinoids. However, if you look at the latest list of their prohibited list, cannabinoids in general are still listed as forbidden to be used in competitions. Now, remember, CBD products are sold as sort of kind of these full spectrum products, but they still contain these other cannabinoids like Delta 9 THC. So an athlete that uses CBD could potentially test positive for one of the quote prohibited cannabinoids on that WADA list and therefore essentially be dequalified from their event or have a metal or element uh, taken away from them. And so it is a real concern for people using these products, again, because they're unregulated and they can contain some of these prohibited cannabinoids. I see. This actually clarifies a lot for me. So I'm taking away from this conversation that, yes, I'm seeing a lot of CBD out there and CBD by itself is not necessarily causing issues for you know my employment, drug screen, things like that. But the fact that it's unregulated and it probably sounds like, I guess we can safely say, it's likely not a purified compound solely. And that may have implications. So I guess for all of us uh, listening to understand that we may be finding THC and the person may not be smoking marijuana, but using CBD oil may be a, a source for it. That's really helpful to understand. Do I use my wife's uh, CBD oil soap or not? For some of these uh, industries you're talking about, there are potentially huge ramifications for people. Us in healthcare, uh, athletes we, we mentioned. Are there any other kind of takeaways you want uh, the audience to appreciate out of this? I think one of the takeaways is that, you know, a lot of these cannabinoid products are, do have some potential medical use and benefit. So we don't want to necessarily downplay or ignore that. You know, I think the, if you talk to our neurologists in the case of the seizures in some of these pediatric patients, CBD has been very beneficial. But I think the ultimate message or takeaway is for some of these products that where people are using the CBD oils, gummies, and other things, 
it's sort of like the old buyer beware, mm. right? It's unregulated. So if you are or concerned about potential implications with your job or other employment issues, maybe you may not want to use it and stick to other forms of medicine uh, that would have less risk just because we are seeing it at higher levels and in detectable concentrations in some of these products that could lead a clinician or your employer, WADA, or, or some agency to think that you are actually using marijuana when in reality you're not. I'm glad you're the voice of reason of uh, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. There is a medical place for this. And it sounds like that is prescription grade is a different story. Uh, it's the stuff that we see kind of marketed direct to consumer on the street. Exactly. Excellent. Well, hey, thank you so much, Dr. Gennetto, for shedding some light on CBD. I know a lot of my colleagues are really interested to learn from you on this topic. Well, thank you. Pleasure to be here. We've been rounding with Dr. Gennetto talking about CBD. To all of our listeners, thank you for joining us today. We invite you to share your thoughts and suggestions via email at mcleducation at mayo.edu. If you've enjoyed Lab Medicine Rounds podcast, please subscribe. And until our next rounds together, we encourage you to continue to connect lab medicine and a clinical practice through insightful conversations.